I'm Rachel. And we're your hosts for today's episode of the Mentorship Spotlight, where we help you get in the know about potential options and opportunities after undergrad. Today, we're talking about the med school admissions process with Bomi Choi, who just got accepted to U Ottawa for medicine. Congrats, Bomi, and we'll start off with some fun icebreakers. So for that, we have a wheel that we're gonna spin, and we're gonna ask you a question from whatever category it lands on. So I'll give it a spin. Here we go. And it landed on, switch it up. So that actually means you get to ask us a question. Ooh, okay. So my question is, what made you decide to start this podcast? Uh, was it because you were getting a lot of questions from your mentees or was it because you had nothing to do during quarantine or, <laughs> or what? Um, would you like to start? Sure, I guess the idea for the podcast came from the fact that I think podcasts are cool. Um, and then we wanted to have it be kind of different than our usual content because our usual content is very geared towards grade 12 going into university, but we didn't really have anything for people who were in university. Um, so I was like, okay, we kind of had a brainstorm and decided that it'd be really interesting to highlight different programs at different stages. So for example, we'll have a series here where we do med school admissions process and then somebody who's actually in med school and then maybe we'll talk to a couple of doctors in different fields. And so you really get that entire pathway all the way through. And like same thing for law school, dental, etc. Yeah, I definitely agree with Como. Um, as our exec team gets older and we get towards the end of our undergrad degrees and also as our previous mentees are getting older, they're also going through university. So I think it was really good to start a mentorship program that would look at post-undergrad opportunities. Especially, we, we do get a lot of requests for like med school, law school, those types of things don't really fit with what we've been doing so far, which is the transition into university. So it's a really great opportunity to, during quarantine, you know, work with video calls. It's all very accessible now, and we can finally start a podcast to address those concerns. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to spin the wheel one more time, and it landed on quotable. So that's just, you know, I'm going to ask you to give us a quote that comes to your mind. It could be something important to you. It could be the most random quote ever. Okay, I really love quotes, so I'm well prepared for this moment because okay. I know what my favorite quote is. And it's a quote by Maya Angelou that goes, I did then what I knew how to do. And now that I know better, I do better. And I really like that quote because it really emphasizes like the growth mindset and the fact that what you are doing right now is the best that you're capable of. And then you'll be able to learn from that, grow and do better next time. And I really like that idea because I think I grew up with a lot of ideas that failing, even if it's your first time is not acceptable. But this idea emphasizes that it's okay and it's normal to fail the first time if, that, if you don't know what you're doing. That's really inspirational. I think I need a little dose of Bomi inspiration <laughs> <laughs> in all of my life. Okay, so I guess we'll move on to some of the questions. And the first one is just, you probably heard this one a couple times, but what made you decide that med was the path for you? I think for me, health is something that I think I've always been interested in just because you're exposed to healthcare growing up, something that affects everybody and everybody's quality of life. And especially because if you don't have your health, it's really hard for you to live to the fullest. But even though I was exposed to healthcare and I was exposed to, I knew what being a doctor was, I didn't think I was smart enough for it for a long time. And I wasn't interested in science either for a very long time. I found it boring and confusing. Um, but then something happened in grade 11. There was sort of a switch because 
that's when science splits into the different disciplines like biology, chemistry, physics. And I started really liking biology because we were suddenly learning more facts and theories for the first time, as opposed to in the younger years when they just tell you stuff and then you just kind of sort of just have to accept that as truth. So I was really appreciative of learning that behind the scenes of biology. And I was really appreciative about how hard our bodies work at keeping us alive and healthy. Like it's very intricate and complex. And I just remember thinking everything was so cool because it's what your body is doing every single day. So that really sparked my interest. And then after that, I started thinking of it as a potential career option. And then I did some clinical volunteering and talking to some potential other pre-meds. And then that really solidified my decision to go into medicine. Can I ask you a follow-up question on that? Um, yeah, sure. So why did you decide to go the medicine route as opposed to nursing or something else that was related to healthcare? So for me personally, what really appealed to me in being a physician as opposed to a nurse was the leadership role that you sort of have, because obviously healthcare, it really works as a team. You're working not just with other doctors, but with nurses and nurse practitioners and all sorts of lab technicians. And it really it's a lot of teamwork. And I really found the aspect of medicine that appealed to me was the leadership role part of it. Another part that really appealed to me is the academia. Um, when you're a doctor, you can really do a lot of research as well, not just uh, as a clinician, but you can also do some academic work on the side. And I found that that appealed to me. So I thought it would be really beneficial if I went to an undergrad into my undergrad in a science degree, as opposed to a humanities degree or something else, because I thought that really set me up for doing research in the future as a doctor as well. Going back to the application process, could you sort of walk us through what that looks like? Most med schools require you to either have an undergraduate degree or be three years or two years even done your undergraduate degree. So the first thing you would do is start a bachelor's degree in something. It doesn't have to be science. That's a common misconception. As long as you have the prereqs, it doesn't really matter. And then so the way I did it was I decided to apply in my third year. I wasn't super optimistic about my chances, but I figured that going through the application process once would be beneficial for me. And it really was. I feel like I learned a lot of lessons. So with that, I wrote the MCAT after the summer of my second year. So I spent the summer studying for the MCAT. Then in September, I wrote my essays. I filled out my application. I got my verifiers, my reference letters. I sent my transcripts. And then I submitted all that for the October 1st deadline, which is what it is for OMSAS, which is the Ontario Medical Schools. And then there is an additional test that you have to take called TASCR for some med schools. So that I signed up for in October and I studied for that. It's not really something that you can study for, but you can definitely prepare. And then I wrote that in October and then interview invites come out in January. Uh, some of them, like U of T, come out on a rolling basis, so they are, there are invites in February and March as well. And then I interviewed in March, and then I waited until the results came out in May. So it's a very long, almost year-long process, but that's pretty much what it is in Canada. And of course, congratulations on having Thank that all Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very lucky. Yeah, definitely a huge accomplishment. What does it feel like to know that you're going to be starting med school? 
Oh boy, uh, when I first got the result, it was definitely very overwhelming. And I spent, I think, the first week in a daze because I was so excited and overwhelmed. And I was looking up information about, you know, stuff in med school because now I felt like I could look it up and be excited about this kind of thing. Whereas before, I wasn't certain, so I didn't want to get my hopes up. It feels really amazing, and I also feel very lucky because it's a very difficult process to get through. And I also feel very humbled in a way because it's a it's a job with a lot of responsibilities and trust that's required. And I think that really is something that I learned last week. I took a CPR course, which is required once you get into med school, and we watched them take videos about what to do when there's a CPR required situation. And that's when I realized, you know, I'm going to have to be that person in an emergency situation where people will look to me. And that was a very overwhelming, but humbling and definitely inspiring moment for me because it made me realize this is really the field that I'm going to go into now. Have those views shifted since COVID-19 has been a thing when you noticed that you'd sort of be on the front lines when or if something like this ever happens again I say when I think it will but we'll see I think uh it's shifted a little bit in the sense that now that I feel like I'm on the I'm in the field a little bit more now that I'm going to be a med student I think it's made me humanize doctors a bit more and other healthcare professionals because I think during this pandemic a lot of the people have been praising them as heroes which I completely agree with but I think there is sort of an aspect to that where it kind of makes them seem other and like they're not like humans like what they are and I think that's made me really realize you know what something that's going to be important in the future is taking care of myself and my own mental health but also balancing that with doing the job that I love and helping other people and taking care of other people. So that's something that I've been thinking about a lot during this pandemic. All right, shifting focus a little bit here. What advice do you have for people that are looking to do the med school admissions process and specifically the MCAT? Yeah, so the MCAT is a beast of an exam. I don't know if people know this. I didn't know this before I started studying but it is a very long exam it's eight hours uh now with the covid pandemic it's shifted a bit they've shortened it a bit to accommodate three testing in a day but so now it's six hours but before that it was eight hours which is very long and it's a lot of content so i think my first piece of advice about the MCAT is don't stress too much about content review because there is no way you're going to know a hundred percent of everything and I think that's kind of a good mindset to have going into medicine in general, just because there's so many facts about the human body that you're just never going to know. And you have to be sort of comfortable with not knowing everything. And I think as a pre-med, the stereotype and a stereotype that I think can often be true is that we really want to do well in school. That makes sense. And we want to know all the facts and we want to be good at what we do. But with something like medicine and the MCAT, I think it's just not possible. And I think you have to sort of reframe your mind into thinking that up until a certain score, you should do content review. But then after that, it becomes sort of critical thinking and being able to read the problem accurately. And similar to that, something 
that I believe was the mistake I did was waiting too long to take practice tests because I wanted to wait until I knew all of the content to take the test because I thought that would make give me a better score. But I think people don't realize that the format of the MCAT is quite different than any other multiple choice test that you've taken in the past. It's reading passages and then answering questions. So I think getting used to that is also important. Another thing I would recommend is use diagnostic tests and practice problems and those sort of resources to figure out your weaknesses and deal with those areas. I think it's not so much important the specific question that you got wrong, but maybe it's that specific part of physics that you don't understand or that specific part of chemistry or something like that. And then you should be able to do targeted content review. And another thing that people struggle with is CARS, which is the reading comprehension section of the MCAT. And I also definitely struggled with that. But I think CARS is really just a lot of practice. And some people believe that you can't get better at CARS because it's different than content review where you're just learning information and it's sort of you have to retrain the way you read things the way your brain thinks, which does take a bit more time, but it is definitely possible if you do a lot of practice questions, which there are a lot of practice questions out there. And I think the last tip I have is to learn how to use Anki, which is a flashcard software program. And it's great for mass memorization, which is, I would think, required of the MCAT because there's so much content. Uh, I used it for a lot for psychology and sociology, which has a lot of definitions and theories that you have to know. So I think using Anki for that would really help solidify the knowledge in your brain. Just a quick uh, breakdown of how Anki works. It's basically flashcards that have um, time gaps so that they can automatically figure out for you. If you know it very well, then you don't have to look it over as much. But then if you know it better, then if you know it less, then they'll then it'll show up for you more frequently. So it's really helpful. That's actually some, a lot of really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's listening, write this down. Uh, <laughs> and okay, before taking the MCAT, before applying, was there anything that you know now that you wish you'd known then? Um. Yeah, for sure. A lot of things. So I mentioned that I applied in third year because I wanted to get a grasp on the application process so that I would sort of make my mistakes in third year. Wouldn't be too big of a deal if I didn't get in because I just continue my undergraduate degree. So I think the first thing I would say is look into this stuff early. And by that, I don't mean super early. Like if you're in first year, then don't stress about it too much. But one thing that I regretted was I wrote my MCAT relatively late. Uh, I wrote it August 29th or something. And as a result, I spent my whole summer thinking about the MCAT and not about my applications. So I had September pretty much to work on my applications because they were mainly due October 1st. And that also meant that I couldn't apply to some schools that had earlier dates. Like, for example, UBC's application date is mid-September. And then I had two weeks to get that sorted and I just decided to scrap it completely. So I think looking into these deadlines, knowing the sort of timeline of how it goes would be really beneficial and potentially starting and researching in the summer, putting your application together, that would be really helpful. Another thing I think is important sort of mental health wise is taking into context how important the MCAT really is for your application. I think the MCAT is seen as this big scary test which it is it is very scary it is very big 
but in my personal opinion, it's not that important in Ontario medical schools, at least, which I didn't really realize until after. For example, Ottawa doesn't look at the MCAT, Mac only looks at the car section. In Toronto, you just need to be past cutoffs. So that I think would have put a lot less pressure on me during the summer when I was studying for it. And similar to that, comparison is really the thief of joy. And I know that's an overblown, overexposed quote, but um, <laughs> you didn't I don't say that you loved quotes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, you can put as many yes. quotes as you want in here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if people applying or if people who are in first year or second year know about this, but there are two big forums online. So there's Pre-Med 101, which is a forum mainly for Canadian medical schools. And there's also a lot of forums on Reddit. For example, Pre-Med Canada and MCAT have their own forums. And they're really great for exchanging information and discussing and learning more. But it can also be really stressful because you start to compare yourself to other people and know about their stats or their extracurriculars. Um, for example, I self-studied for the MCAT. I didn't take a course. And I remember being very overwhelmed by all these self-study resources that were being posted on the Reddit forum for the MCAT. And I was like, oh my God, which one should I use? Should I use all of them? But you just, you can't use all of them. There's physically not enough time and it wouldn't be the best value for your time. And so I, I remember when I was waiting for my interview invites, I would read all of these other pre-med stats and extracurriculars and I'd be like, oh my goodness, I suck. I don't have... 15 years of research experience and my GPA is not a perfect for 4.0. So I think finding a way to get yourself out of that mindset would be very beneficial. It could be reading the forms less. It could be controlling your amount of time on forms because I do think they can be beneficial, but check yourself to make sure that it's not negatively impacting your mental health. Another thing similar to mental health is putting less pressure on yourself. It's very competitive to get into med school in Canada. Uh, I think, especially compared to the States where it's very different. Um, and it's just out of sheer numbers. There aren't that many spots for the number of applicants that there are. I think a stat that I read was the average time it takes for an applicant to get into a Canadian med school is it takes three times, which tells you something about how competitive it is. And I also read somewhere that something that really helped me get into a better mindset when I was applying, which was that out of all applicants, there's a few that are at the very bottom that they won't likely get in, but then there's a few at the very top that are very extraordinary and will definitely get in and be great physicians, but the majority of people are in the middle, and the fact is that the majority of the people in the middle, they would also still make great physicians, but there's just not enough spots for them all, so there's definitely a bit of luck involved. And that's why it takes three times for an applicant to be successful. Um, so knowing those facts, I hope that helps people put less pressure on themselves. And then finally, an actual useful tip that's not mental health related is I would not underestimate CASPER. That's a test that I think people don't talk about as much because it's not really used in the States. And it's a fairly new test compared to the MCAT. But I really believe that that's how I got into med school because the three med schools that I got into all use Casper and the ones I didn't get into didn't use Casper. So I would definitely not underestimate it. And it's pretty important in Canadian admissions for med school. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And just to sort of wrap this up, 
Um, what challenges did you face in getting where you are now? And how do you think you could have improved those things if you were to go back and change anything? So a challenge I think I had was not knowing a lot of people in medicine, which makes it difficult because I had a lot of questions, but I wasn't sure where to go for the answers. So I think it's really great that you guys are doing this podcast because it's allowing this information to be accessible to other people, especially when I know there's been some discussion amongst med school applicants and about how companies charge a like thousands of dollars for applicants to get this information. So I think it's a really great initiative that you guys are doing. Um, and I think that knowing that this information is available online is really helpful because that wasn't something that I really knew about when I was applying, but a bit later in the application process. So for example, the forums that I mentioned, like PMED 101 and Reddit, I think that's really helpful because you can ask questions there. There's a lot of, uh, students, med school students, and also doctors who are perfectly willing to give you great advice because they've gone through the process themselves. Another challenge I think was the pandemic this year, which I don't think it affects, affected me as much as it would affect future applicants. But for me personally, my interview at McMaster was canceled because of it. People may or may not have heard that they used a lottery-based process instead of using the interview which was definitely hard to accept when they first came out with it. It's still hard for me to accept now because even though I did get in, I know people who didn't and I felt really bad for them because they were robbed of the opportunity to talk about themselves in an interview. And that's just what COVID has caused us to do, which is adapt and adjust. And I think definitely all applicants this year will have their application cycle drastically changed because of COVID. For example, I know some people are upset that um, some schools aren't counting winter 2020 grades, but I think when you have to think about this in a larger context, which is that, you know, this is a global pandemic affecting every single person as well as every other applicant. And when you consider that medicine is the field that you want to go into, hopefully having some empathy for admissions committees and other applicants would help you out in facing this challenge, which is definitely unprecedented for everybody. So don't stress about falling behind in your applications and try to have some empathy for other people as well. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Mentorship Spotlight. Thank you so much to Bomi again for being our guest and congratulations again on your acceptance to medical school. Thanks Como and Rachel for inviting me and in particular for doing this episode. I think this is a really great initiative because there's a lot of hidden advantages that people from wealthier backgrounds or more connected backgrounds have. And medicine is one of the many fields where representation is really important and we need diverse doctors. So I was really happy that I was here to share any information I could provide. Thank you so much for you know, all of your advice and for stressing how important keeping track of your mental health is during this whole process. Cause I think that's again, something that really gets overlooked, but that's also something that can really become a roadblock if you don't address it. And to those listening, if you enjoyed this, make sure to check out more of our weekly episodes where we'll be talking with people across different fields at various stages of their careers. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.